Hey there, amigos. Welcome to the PPC Burrito, the podcast brought to you by PPC specialist agency, Digital Gearbox. Hi there, I'm Michael Kenny, and I'm joined as ever by the PPC equivalent of Buzz Lightyear, Digital Gearbox's very own superhero, Becky Hopkin. Hey, Becky. Hello, Buzz Lightyear. Love it. Are you are you Woody today? <laughs> no, I'm 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 the toy that gets chewed up by the neighbour that's not very nice. Sid. Sid, yeah. I'm I'm Sid. You're not Sid. I'm not that bad. And <laughs> and you don't quite have the chin. You don't quite have Buzz's <laughs> chin. So I'm not sure where it came from. You're just a hero. You're yeah. just you're my hero. Thanks. You know? You I can mean, be my hero. I, I have a female Buzz Lightyear dress up outfit that I wore to a party, so I, I For real? For real. For real. I feel like that's a story. Not really. I just we uh, we went to the darts last year <laughs> <laughs> uh, before before lockdown and before coronavirus was a thing, and uh, we went for a '90s theme. So um, I was supposed to be going to Florida in October of last year at, at Halloween, and since my daughter loves Toy Story. Uh, my husband was Woody and I was female Buzz Lightyear and we thought we could reuse the costumes later in the year, but we didn't get to do that. Do you know what? As soon as you said we went to the darts, I was like, <laughs> that makes total sense. That makes total sense. You dress up sense. when you go to the darts. I, I wouldn't know. but I mean, I'm not maybe... a big darts fan, just to put it out there. Don't come at me with various darts, <laughs> but it's a fun day out. A fun day out. I think one day... Um... We'll have to do a digital gearbox darts night out or something. That that might be fun. One hundred and eighty. When the world goes back to normal, we will well, play darts. That'll be yeah. that'll be the sign that life is normal again. <laughs> well, look. Speaking of one hundred and eighty, hundred and eighty degree turns. Yeah. That's something that we experienced. Ah, hey, segue. That's what we do on this show. Um, it's something that we experienced recently with Google's recent announcement uh, with regards to latest keyword changes, and it's something that I know you wanted to talk about. Yep. So Google are at it again with their sneaky, sneaky ways, making oh, some changes sneaky. to things. So um, match types. If you know anything about them, it basically loosens up your keywords or tightens them up so that they will match fit to things either in an exact way which is an exact keywords or it will loosen it up so it will find similar things basically and there are two changes to to match types to be aware of one is that the phrase match keywords are going to behave more like the broad match modifier keywords that currently exist so basically you'll put your your terms in um, some phrase um, what they called the phrase um, speech speech marks. Yeah, I just call them speech marks. Speech marks. Yeah. Yeah. When you're setting up the keyword. Um, very technical. Very technical. And Google will use its smart smart technology to look for similar terms, and it will allow your ad to show for those, basically. And with that, because that's what the broad match modified keywords previously did, it's killing them off entirely. So see you to those board match modified keywords. Mm. Mm, it, mm. It's it's okay. It's okay. Where we don't mind these changes. It did it did create an interesting conversation in the virtual office, didn't it? Where half it's kind of divided uh, opinion on the team. I don't like it because it kind of in my mind it equals less data. But um, some members of our team 
I kind of going, eh, it's, it's fine. It's yeah, fine. I, I think it's fine. Um, I mean, what I really wanted to bring to the table were kind of what you need to do if you're running any PPC campaigns at the moment. And that is to make sure you review the match types that you have. So if you've got both phrase matches and board match modified versions of the same keyword, you probably want to choose one to keep and get rid of the other one. Otherwise, you're going to have some duplication there. Mm. Um, and if you have previously just used phrase match keywords but not board match modified keywords, you're going to want to pay closer attention to your search terms because they're going to be broadening up a bit. Um, so you just want to keep a close eye on them and make sure you're adding any relevant negative keywords into your account to block anything where it's not not quite the right match. Well said. We do have a more in-depth document that outlines what our recommendations are, uh, the things that you need to do uh, with regards to Google's latest keyword changes. Uh, we've got that in show notes. So if you would like to know how you can combat Google's latest changes, do check out that latest guide, as well as our website, www.digitalgearbox.co.uk. .co.uk? Did I say that? I'm not sure if I said that right or not. Go to our website for loads of information. There's so much there. It's like the Aladdin's cave. I know I'm chucking a lot of Disney references today, but that's that's the way we roll. The Aladdin's cave of PPC knowledge. Go there. Have fun. Thank us later. Right, Becky, um, our conversation, our guest today, we're, we're going up north. We're going up to Leeds, Leeds, Leeds. Our guest today is old friend and head of customer success at Bidnamic, Henry Stocks Fryer. Bidnamic is a Google shopping ads platform designed to help retailers unlock better results from their Google shopping campaigns. This is a chat we've been looking forward to having for a long time now. So welcome to the burrito, Henry. How are you doing? I'm very well. Thank you for having me. It's, it's our pleasure. This is a conversation that Becky and I have been looking forward to having for a while. We know you from the, the good old days over at Google and now rocking things over at Bidnamic. But before we get into this, I mean, there are people listening that like Bidnamic. I mean, that's a cool sounding name, but they might not know exactly what you do. So in a nutshell, I mean, what is it you and the team at Bidnamic are attempting to achieve? That's a great question. And it is, it is a good name. It's got a, a ring to it. Uh, so <laughs> Bidnamic grew out the frustrations of Google shopping. Um, the, the co-founders were managing a website which had a huge catalog of SKUs and what they were finding is that they weren't really getting the, the true bid value for the, for the search term. So what, what our machine learning is trying to do is figure out the purchase intent for those individual search terms and that's what we're trying to do for our customers. Build an intent funnel uh, and pay the true bid value for you know what people are searching for. hope that makes sense. It does. It does, Henry. What kind of business? I mean, you mentioned kind of the founders uh, produce this from having a catalog of a lot of products. Mm -hmm. Is is the Bidnamic platform designed for people that have a large volume of SKUs? No, I mean that's where it originally came from, uh, Becky. But the we we work with people, you know, with thousands and thousands to you know only 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 a couple of hundred. So we can we work with a whole range. What we found is the importance of it though is to to find out, okay, what is the intent, in, intent of the customer based on the search term that they're bringing up for it? And then basically finding, okay, what, what bid can we get away with? You know, what's the true bid value? So we work with a whole range in answer to your question. Sure. 
I'm, I'm going to ask a more technical one here. Oh, just okay. work, well, it's not that technical. <laughs> it is for anyone who who does shopping. It shouldn't be too technical. Is is the te- does the technology run off the feed based in Merchant Centre, or are you running off your own CSS? So um, we do we do work with uh, CSS partners, um, but we we primarily work with the you know plugging straight into the Merchant Centre. We work alongside IL three. I think you're mm-hmm. Mike. You're connected with Posper. Um, yep. But, Great guy, absolute dude. Uh, but our our machine learning plugs directly into the uh, Google uh, Google AdWords account, and we pull the feed straight from the merchant center. So obviously, the feed is an important aspect of that. Sure. I'm going to ask a non technical question. Oh, I'm the non I'm the non technical question guy. That's yeah. that's me. Um, now, obviously, with with what's going on around us, and I don't like to chuck the the actual terms in because I feel like if I was to refer to it, then uh, people won't listen to the podcast. But we're in the midst of a global pandemic. There we go. You um, said that, I, I have, I have. Yeah. But the you know people are learning to adapt. Businesses are shifting to e-commerce, which mm-hmm. you know you you would think is something that most would have done. A while ago, and I'm sure we'll get onto that. But now, more and more businesses are adopting Google Shopping to sell their wares, to sell their products. How can businesses continue to succeed with the growing competition in 2021 and beyond? There's there's a few main challenges. One is the expectations of the customer. Like, yeah, you know, okay, what do they need to achieve, and how do they achieve it? And then it's the the, comp- the challenges of competition, like Amazon. Um, I'm sure that. You saw during uh, the first lockdown, we saw kind of Amazon leave, leave the market for quite a few industries. And that mm. really changed the game. And it's kind of noticeable, so noticeable how they impact that space. So the how businesses can succeed kind of going into Google Shopping is, you know, get yourself a, a good platform or a good agency, making sure that your website is as fast as possible and making sure that feed is optimized as best as possible and having that variety of SKUs, getting those variants in and making sure that you're getting as many bites of that cherry on the Google shopping carousel as possible. Mm. I like the fact that you're, that you reference kind of the speed of the website there. Cause I think a lot of people think ads, they think plonking their products, shopping feed, hitting go on the Google ads and the Google shopping is, is going to get them the sales. But if uh, if the website lets them down in any way, if it's slow and clunky or if there's any problems in the checkout process, then it's just not going to work, is it? Exactly. And I think that's something we try and iron out, I'm sure you guys do, um, in the onboarding process with customers. So it's like, you know, what are the challenges for that particular customer? Is it a website issue? Is it a feed issue? Is it a seasonality issue? What are the challenges? And then having that upfront contract with the customer and saying, okay, this is what we need to do. Yeah, it's it's a conversation that we've been having. I mean, it's a conversation that I think most agencies have with people, uh, you know, companies, businesses that just aren't quite ready for digital. And I, I feel like it is on us, it's on the agencies, it's on the software providers to just give feed, you know, give honest answers to their questions. Are they ready for the campaigns that they're looking to run. I mean, we, we had one recently um, where someone got in contact and they said, you know, we'd love to do a Google Ads campaign. We took one look at their website and said, I mean, it's, it's, it's you know, it, it would have been outdated in like 2005. So, you know, yeah. it's it's just having, having, but giving that honest answer and basically saying, look, I mean, your website just isn't ready. It's not fast enough. It's not optimized properly. It's just, there's no point in spending 
you know, dollar to drive traffic to a website that you just know is not going to convert. So I think it's very important to make sure that, you know, from from a selfish standpoint, of course, we want to work with as many businesses as, as we possibly can. Course, I'm sure yeah. that's, that's what Bidnamic want to do as well. It's what we all want to do. But, you know, do you need to do A, B and C before we move on to the D? Um, that sounds weird. Uh, before <laughs> we move on to D and, uh, and plug in these campaigns that are going to drive your business to the next level. Yeah, I think it's that upfront contract, uh, that kind of consultative approach is like just it's essential. Really, it's not going to work for anyone if if you're going into it where there's a big challenge like that. I mean, it's not going to make an agency look good. It's not going to make Bidnamic look good if if you know it's just not going to work. So it's it's best to be honest, isn't it? That's what we found. That's what we found. So Henry, customer success manager. I, I love these job titles. I have a very similar one. Um, ex- explain it. what you <laughs> explain what you do at Bidnamic, and um, what have been the biggest challenges that you faced uh, in your time as the head of customer success at Bidnamic. So, you know, customer success manager, obviously a bit different to account manager. We like to think that it's not, uh, you know, there's there's not uh, a financial aspect to it. I'm here to make sure that the customer is successful. That's mm. it. That's my job. So what we're doing is, as part of the customer success team, our team are trying to communicate with the customers. You know, we work, we work on a weekly basis with, with customers uh, or monthly, you know, it depends on what works for them. But we find having a 20, 20, 30 minute phone call or a Google Hangout as our preferences uh, with, with a customer, they can tell us more about their business. We can learn about what they do. They can learn a bit more about what we do and then the customer success team passes that back onto our data scientists. So we work with a, with a dev team who manage the machine learning and do a lot of analysis work. And we can kind of pass that feedback back. Because, you know, if we, I'm sure you guys found it the same same way, if we're not learning about their business, if we're not getting feedback from, from them who know, you know, they've been running their businesses for, you know, ages. If we're not taking that feedback and having that consultative approach, we won't get to the next level, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. So it's a lot of hand-holding, a lot of education. Um, you know, if they if a customer doesn't have that knowledge of Google Shopping, who have maybe, you know, I'll give you a good example. We, we've got a customer that we've been working with over two years now. And before they came on board, they had no access to their AdWords account. Boo. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. Hate hearing this. Awful. Absolutely awful. So they were told, oh, you can only invest X amount, otherwise your ROAS will go down. Oh, so, bullshit. Absolute nonsense. <laughs> as you said, Michael. Absolute <laughs> nonsense. So so there's that like deprogramming. So they've had a bad experience. So they don't trust anyone, quite rightly as well. So we've got to work with the with with the client and say, okay, you know. This is what it looks like. This is your data. It's not our data. We're just getting it for you mm-hmm. and and upskilling them to, you know, that might lead to more questions and more picking from, you know, Henry, why is it this like this or why, why is it doing this? But long, long term, that has a better, you have a better relationship with the customer, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Same word, snap. (laughs) Um, I just don't understand how there are still agencies that don't give access to the accounts to the client it we we get it all well not all the time but still we've had two in the last year um 
but not last year, this year, I mean. <laughs> um, so it's it's just crazy. I don't understand logic. It, it's like it. if you've got something to hide, or if you haven't got anything to hide, why why wouldn't you just give them that access? I think that's the problem with our industry. The digital industry maybe as a whole um, is, is you know, is, we've mentioned it on on the podcast before the the fairly low barrier to entry to to become qualified in this industry you could have one facebook ad campaign that does moderately well and you're an expert all of a sudden you know so it's it's easy for people to kind of jump on the bandwagon um but you know it does become a problem for agencies and and i'm sure it's probably i mean it'd be interesting to get your thoughts on this as well do bidnamic when you're having initial uh, conversations and consultation with the people that you're looking to onboard um do they share I mean, do they share stories of being burnt by Google ads? Because it's not, usually it's not them being burnt by Google. It's them being burnt by poor services. Yeah. So I think most of our customers come on board because they're they're either not getting what they want out of shopping as a, as a channel or they, or they know they could do better. They know they could do better. So the, the example that I just kind of gave is, Majority of customers don't have that like level where they they don't get access to their AdWords account and they don't they don't have that visibility. Um, but there is a certain degree of I, I remember I think it may have been in a previous when I when I was at Google, but they they said oh you're just Windows salesman aren't you? And I was like oh nah, what's wrong with Windows salesman? But <laughs> um, but it, it, part of it is rebuilding trust in. Mm in 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 the platform and you know having that weekly contact and building that relationship just means that you you get a happy customer but there is a bit of deprogramming sometimes on the onboarding i'm gonna i'm gonna change the direction of the conversation here henry not 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 that i wasn't enjoying that one um but obviously there's been a big change in the last week a big announcement um which uh, about the match change to match types and the removal yeah. of the board match modified and it seems that google seem to be getting rid of a lot of data that people previously could access in the accounts as well so obviously they reduce the amount of search terms we can see obviously at bidnamic you're all about that data um so i, I guess from my perspective i'm interested in your thoughts on google's direction with that and what you're doing where you're working with data scientists, how they're trying to combat th- those changes? That's a great question. And obviously that's like an ongoing thing. I think Google are obviously trying to, they're always going to be changing the game. Mm-hmm. And they have done that since the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, the way we're working with the data is that we we kind of uh, build the campaigns where we're only getting a search term in for an individual ad group. And that group only contains uh, an individual SKU. So the way that we're kind of structuring the campaigns is limiting the the data being lost, if that makes sense. And again, it's allow it's allowing us to really leverage the machine learning to get the most out of it. Because you are right, it's kind of it's like an arms race almost, mm-hmm. and it's having to put trying to pull the data out and harness that because if it's just a, a like a black box and we're not getting anything any information out we don't get any learnings and that really doesn't add anything else to you know text ads or seo or whatever you're doing or even product development mm-hmm. uh, which i found a lot of customers find incredibly useful um yeah. 
but it, it's basically an ongoing process. But we're, we're doing all right with, with it. So do you think that Google will continue to reduce the amount of data we get? Do you have any predictions there? I think from, from my predictions on Google Shopping, uh, what I've noticed, and I'm sure you both have, is they want more information in, in the feed. Mm-hmm. They want you adding more in. They're penalizing you serving ads if you don't have the right bits of, you know, the the GTIN changes that happened, was it a year ago, two years ago? Where they, where, but I'm trying to remember now. But the, the, <laughs> You're uh, testing me here. I'm like, um, <laughs> GTIN changes? <laughs> the, so I think that they're, they're trying to go towards like an Amazon model mm-hmm. where, you know, they're utilizing surfaces across Google. They're trying to get more uh, search functionality from the, the shopping tab itself. Mm-hmm. And they can only do that by people having well-optimized feeds. Yeah. By getting all that bit, those bits of information. That's where I think it's going. You you mentioned a minute ago about the Bidnamic and having certain keywords for products mm-hmm. that you're targeting. Now, obviously, in, in Google Ads, in the ad interface there, you're not actually able to target specific keywords. So is this a unique feature of Bidnamic? Um, I believe it's a unique feature. So when we get enough data for an individual search term, we can basically negative out everything else and just focus on something individually, okay. uh, which we find uh, that takes quite a lot of um, data. By data, I mean, I imagine. yeah, <laughs> quite a lot uh, to get to that point, but we find it's incredibly useful. Um, because ultimately you're able to control how much you're paying for that search term, right? So, yeah. and, and that's, that's, that's the challenge ultimately is paying the right price for the right term. That's it. That's yeah. what they're trying to achieve. Can, can I get away with paying 20 P when I was previously paying 25 P? That's it. Yeah. I think that's the most frustrating element about Google shopping and not being able to have that control normally because like you say it takes so much data to be adding to those negative keywords we do it we do it for some clients where we're just trying to segment the brand and Mm non-brand activity and like you can guarantee that the non-brand activity doesn't include the brand because you can negative the brand but the other way around to get rid of all the little misspellings and (laughs) and variants and stuff like that it, it just takes it takes a long time to gather that data to add to those negative keywords. Well, it's it's beyond human control. Like it's just mm. the point where if you you can't you'd spend your whole day, all day doing that, just trying to make sure that you're getting the right search terms or the wrong search terms or whatever. And it, it's it's just incredibly time consuming. And that's like a big part of what we do is we take that frustration out and we just turn it into an advantage. That's the idea, anyway. Clever, clever. I'll try to. Try to do it. <laughs> um, so just to clarify on, on Bidnamic, is mm. it just for shopping campaigns? You don't do anything for search as well? Uh, so that's in the pipeline. Okay. Um, it's, but I, I don't know if I should have told you that, to be honest. Ooh, uh, so that's, that's, that's an exclusive. <laughs> uh, we, we, do, we do Bing shopping, which is cool. Yep. Um, and shout out we, to Bing and Microsoft. Shout out to Bing, twenty percent <laughs> of Google. But you know, we 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 I I always think Bing shopping is like the forgotten cousin 
the unloved cousin. Yeah. And and you know what? It's a good it's a good beer money earner. Yeah. It's, you you get you get a lot more out of it than people realise. People scoff at it. Yeah. I just think you're so mean. <laughs> uh, you're so mean against Bing and. I, I mean, what do you guys run it, and do you do you find mm. success for it? We love Bing. Yeah, yeah we love it. Yeah, it, it's amazing for the right businesses where yeah. the the audience fits the demographic of Bing users in, in certain ways. It can get it can get some really impressive results. I mean, we've got some accounts where the Bing ROAS is outperforming the go uh, the goer the Google <laughs> um, just because the competitions so so much less because people like you say they scoff at it i i quite like the fact that people continue to scoff at bing ads i i always get uh, i derive enjoyment from looking at bing advertising on facebook and seeing the people going no one uses bing people use bing people people definitely use bing people Mm -hmm. use bing and uh yeah i mean they they make it look as googly as possible to confuse confuse people i mean we've we've been sat in a, a meeting for someone that we weren't ringing uh, running bing ads for with someone googling the terms that we were bidding on going where's our ads and i'm like you're on bing we're not doing bing well, i mean the, 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 while we're being completely honest there was one time where i was looking at somebody's screen and they were trying to find their ad and uh, and i was like yeah i don't know why it's I don't know why it's showing and and then becky was like yes because bing and i was like <laughs> shit they got me they got, they got yeah. me it's got uh me. Excellent parity uh, between the two platforms, but there are there are things that Bing do. I think that are, are different and and potentially better than, than what Google do. And I, I really feel like people sleeping on the fact of oh why why would we want to advertise on Bing? Nobody uses Bing. People do use Bing, and no one's advertising on Bing. So it's it's definitely an avenue to get ahead of. And um, you know f- from the because we're, we're seeing this rise in popularity of other search. Yeah engines you know like DuckDuckGo and ecosia i think ecosia is probably the most popular one at the moment and yeah. people going oh how can i advertise on ecosia well that's bing you know that's what you want to be doing so um it's there's you know a lot of people sleep on bing and uh I'm, I'm i'm quite grateful that they do because it allows us to kind of sneak in <laughs> and be all successful i'm glad we're on the same page on this one yeah, well, what I, I, I'm hoping that we can stay on the same page further still. I oh, mean, there was something that I wanted to talk... No, I know, it's not that bad, don't worry. Go for it. Um, but but given given what's going on at the moment, again, going back to that, um, with the platforming of more and more businesses, we are seeing some very... Um, some some huge examples of big businesses not getting on board with the e-com boom. Yeah. Uh, you know, Primark probably being the best example. I mean, they're losing billions by not by very stubbornly not kind of platforming online. Um, there are also businesses that are, I guess, holding out hope that people will go back to shopping physically. And and yeah. I personally, I'm one of those people. I don't think uh, yeah, it's not going to happen overnight, but I do feel that we're looking at probably the death of the high street as, as sad as you want to get about that in the next few years um, for businesses that are still kind of being a bit stubborn and holding out and going, I'm not ready. I don't want to do this whole e-com transformation yet. What advice would you give to those people? How, what would you say to them to reassure them that Google, Google shopping is the way forward? I think you're right. Obviously the, the pandemic caught everyone out by surprise. I mean, I'm, I'm not a pandemic specialist. I, 
work in Google Shopping. But the what we found is, and we recently did a, we recently launched an interview that I did with a customer that we work with called the Union Project, and they sell they do uh, Carhartt Whip and Patagonia and they're very very cool clothing brand. But they 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 have a brick and mortar store in Cheltenham, and they were doing Google Shopping beforehand, but now it's obviously outstripped the revenue for their brick and mortar store. And it's helping sustain that store, um, which is which is fantastic. Um, so what I would say to people, you know, coming into this space is, you know, if you've if you've got a, a solid brand with a great selection of products, make sure that you're coming in with your eyes wide open. Which is, you know, is your is your website prepared? As you as you guys said, you know, is is it ready? Is it as fast as it could be? Are you know are you bringing to the table? a competitive website and from that you go okay cool right now you just need to get in front of the right customers so i would say get yourself a knowledgeable agency or shopping platform and make sure that you're getting the right information into your product feed and uh, a a quick website i'll give you an example a long in another lifetime uh you know we i've seen feeds where people are selling t-shirts and their product title is t-shirt and you know their <laughs> product their, their google product category is like a nappy or something <laughs> just totally wrong and oh, it dear. makes such a difference like why why am i why am i appearing for the wrong stuff i'll tell you there's there's a few there's a few challenges there mm-hmm. so yeah i think that there's there's so much opportunity for people you know it's not it's a crowded marketplace and it's getting busier but there's there's so much search available for people. It's just they need to make sure that it works for them, which is, is it profitable? Are they getting the returns? And then just measuring against that. Does That's that answer not... your question in a rambling kind of way? Well, I think so. I think oh. I'm satisfied, Henry. Okay, <laughs> right, then. I think there I think there's some good advice there, Henry. I think um I think the challenges for even smaller businesses who are entering the world of e-commerce for the first time, like a lot of people that we speak to, they don't know what a feed is. They don't know how to get it off their, off their website and they don't even have many products sometimes. And my, my work with them, sometimes we just end up building a tiny feed on a Google sheet, but I think if you can do uh, providing they've got the stock to deal with that, I think, um, that's a really good education piece for small businesses to actually understand what goes into a feed. And it's actually just, it's just the data optimization that you're telling Google, this is what it is. Um, Then that can be quite helpful for, for smaller businesses. Exactly. And it, and I think one thing that I'd like to, what I'm I'm very keen on is making sure that you have that visibility of your data, Mm -hmm. making sure that you retain okay, that that view of who's searching for my products, what search terms are working, what's actually driving the sales. You know, it, obviously there's always that kind of 80-20 split for, for SKUs, but they need to go in and, and just maintain that control and that level of visibility, which you can only really do with mainly, maybe a more manual approach, utilizing scripts or, you know, machine learning or whatever. That makes sense. That's it my does. that's that's my rant. 
It's um. So I want to. I'm going to wrap this conversation up, but I want to do it in a bit of a different way. I'm going to throw something at you now. We've got film awards season. Uh, we're, we're kind of in the midst of film awards season because we've got yeah. the Golden Globes coming. You know, the nominations were announced recently. Uh, the the Academy Awards. You know, for for the four films that were released last year, yeah. uh, coming up very soon. You made your acting debut recently. I did. I did indeed. Um, I, I I like I said. I, this was for the Union Project. Um, we, we, we did a bunch of film work there and we interviewed, uh, Max Shaw, who's the, uh, co-founder, very knowledgeable guy. And again, uh, a, a team that we've worked with for over two years now, not a clue about Google shopping when we first came on board, but again, we've, we've worked with these guys and we've, we've made sure that they, they kind of upskilled and know, know what, what to look out for really. But the, uh, the key one, you know, you'll know. Mike more than I do. It's about asking the right questions, right? In, yeah. In that interview kind of style, but that was that was good. the The key challenge was what to talk about. In there's a there's a scene in in the interview, which I'm sure you should all check out. It's on the Bidnamic website. Um, mm-hmm. What to talk about when you're doing that kind of talking head scene, mm-hmm. where they're not actually filming or recording what you're saying. So that was that was a challenge. But, but as but as the head of customer success, you yeah. you got it done, and it. it's a, it's it's a wonderful case study. It's good, isn't it? It's good. Yeah. The um, I I think I I don't know. I'd like to hear your thoughts on this, guys. But like, we find that the having the 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 video has had such a great response because people can. It's a, it's a talking case study. You can see what's going on, and you know, I, I, is is this something that you? Uh, digital gearbox is looking into or wanting to do or one million percent yes absolutely yeah it's uh i mean it it's a bit of a stock thing to say that videos the you know videos the big thing on social media video has been the big thing on social media for years now yeah. um but we're, we're always looking at ways that we can um kind of d- render our success stories in in different ways in ways that are gonna capture and retain attention um you know we're very proud of the work that we've done you know mm. i'm sure you know so are you at bidnamic um and you want to find ways to communicate that success in a way that doesn't come across as you know samey and it's been done before you know at the end yeah. of the day it doesn't take much to put a case study together um you know i feel like our case studies are, are decent in in written format um you know it's proof that we're good at what we do at the end of the day. Uh, it's very important that we, you know, we work on getting as many of these out as possible, but yeah, we're, we're looking at putting together a video case study of our own um, and, and, and done in a very similar what style. I don't know if we'll be able to match the style that Bidnamic succeeded. Maybe I need to steal well, it'll be, your videographer. It'll, it'll be the digital gearbox style, which is, go. which is different entirely. But mm-hmm. um, the, um, that it's it's the way to do it, and you guys have got the tone of voice that you've obviously developed, and I think you've been doing what well, the podcast since the start of the pandemic. How long has it been going for? It was the start oh, of the pandemic yeah. that that kicked this off. Yeah, and so like, come on, Becky, we uh, it's time. It is time to talk to the nation. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's it's good. So, um, I mean, I think when you started doing it, I was like, I think I, I did say to uh, my my colleague Becky who um heads up the marketing team uh you know we should be doing one of these oh, there we go we're inspirational like, <laughs> you are you are and it, it was, it's good to see so it's great it's great to see that you you've been sticking with it 
for so long. I, it's fantastic. I, I, I think everyone should have a podcast. I'm very outspoken about this. Even even if you're a postman, you should have a podcast. Every everybody should have a podcast. Everyone. So Henry, I expect a podcast from you. Um, and I will. Uh, I'll, I'll work on it with the team. <laughs> Amazing, Henry. Thank you so much for joining us on the PPC Burrito. Before you go, um, where can the wonderful people find Bidnamic and uh, that wonderful video case study? Uh, you can find us at bidnamic.com. Uh, we're also on LinkedIn under Bidnamic, and you can find that lovely case study on our website. And if you want to get in touch, uh, you can book a call in with one of my wonderful colleagues. And if you have any questions, do let us know. I do love Henry. What a man. Yeah, it was nice speaking to him again. It's been a while. It's been ages. It's been ages. Too long. Yeah, well, let's let's change that. Let's have him back on the show again very, very soon. Great company, great guy, and uh, yeah, has, has single-handedly changed my opinion of Leeds forever, maybe. <laughs> Becky, before we go, we, we need to talk more tips, and uh, I feel like it's fitting, given the fact that we've just had a wonderful shopping expert join us, that we talk a little bit more about Google Shopping. So with that in mind, Becky, what is our second tip of the day? Yeah, I've I was trying to think of a a tip that would link back to kind of automation and what what Bidnamic do, but I didn't want to I didn't want to compare what they do with smart shopping or talk anything about that. Instead, I wanted to link back to what Henry said about the importance of optimizing the feed. And I mentioned in the chat that you can potentially do that within a Google Sheet if your feed is based off that. But I also just wanted to to tell people that there is the option to do some uh, feed manipulation within Google Merchant Center. And it's something that I didn't know about for quite a while. Um, you can actually use the feed rules to append uh, uh, data into certain fields. So, if, for example, you noticed that your that brands weren't pulling through on any of your product titles, uh, you could simply do a little insertion rule to insert the brand field into the product titles at the very start of that title, and it will just it's just a little fix and a quick way to do it. Especially if you've got loads and loads of products and you don't have time to go and plug them all in yourself, you can just do some data manipulation within Merchant Center. It is clunky. It is complex. Um, I've spent hours sometimes trying to get something pulling through um, in the way that I want it. So it's not ideal. Um, ideally, you want to be changing the data in the feed itself rather than adding feed rules. But it is an option. So if you're if you're looking at things going, oh, I just wish we could have this at the end of it or this attribute that you've already got in the feed inserted into the title, that is a possibility by using the feed rules. More delicious PPC knowledge coming from Buzz Lightyear herself. Um, thanks, Buzz. Before we go, do you want to do a Buzz impression? Um, oh God, to infinity and beyond. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> you did it. You actually did it. You could have just told I'm me to sod off, but I'm a good I, I, you are absolutely a good sport. Well, <laughs> that is a wrap thanks for joining us for another episode of the ppc burrito if you haven't already please consider following digital gearbox on linkedin and also on twitter and instagram you can find us by searching digital gearbox 
If you're a business and you want to use PPC platforms like Google Ads to unlock more leads and sales, please feel free to get in touch, either by dropping us a message on social media or by going to our lovely website, www.digitalgearbox.co.uk. I didn't screw that one up. So from me, Michael. And me, Buzz Lightyear. Hey, she's she's owning it. Stay safe, stay happy. And until next time, amigos, keep on optimizing. Oh, 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 o